You're listening to Curated Consciously, a podcast that empowers our BIPOC and ally community to come together and dive into the work that needs to be done so we can cultivate vibrant healing environments from the inside out. I'm your host, Jasmine Rain, Curator-in-Chief and Social Entrepreneur coming at you from 9,000 feet in the Himalayas. You can connect with me in our community on Instagram at Curated Consciously and continue the conversation with us after every podcast episode in our Conscious Badass Facebook group. Now roll your shoulders back, get comfy, put the coffee on. It is time to deep dive into some thought-evoking conversation curated consciously. Sherry, when were you first introduced to healing work? So I first learned about Reiki probably 36 years ago. Um, And it was a chance kind of meeting. I was taking a evening class and uh, and there was a, it was a small group it was actually on astrology and it was just out of interest and when I um, went there I didn't feel well that day and when I got there one of the other students had said to me um, you know I just learned this thing called Reiki on the weekend um, if you want I can try it on you and so she came behind me and she placed her hands gently on my shoulders and I within seconds felt a pulsing of energy. And I almost asked her to stop, but then I was like, okay, just breathe. And honestly, within five to 10 minutes, I felt amazing. And so that stayed with me. I ended up um, moving, I think, to Europe at the time, but I kept thinking about Reiki. And so when I came back to Toronto, that's the first thing I did was I I found um, the teacher who knew her, who had said to me that she had done the Reiki training and yes, you should do it. So that's really, and I remember going to the training, not really knowing that much, but intuitively understanding how important and how much it made sense. Was there only like one teacher at the time? Like, how did you, you know, how did, how did that all come together? (laughs) With Reiki, there's actually a very, like when, when I teach Reiki, I teach in the traditional way that I was taught. And at the time, it was taught only as an oral tradition. So there was nothing written on Reiki. There were no books, there were no handouts. Everything was just what we heard during the class and then the actual doing it. So I try and teach in the same way, although I incorporate handouts with it. Um, And at the time, um, if we look at the lineage from when it was discovered in Japan in the late 1800s to, to present day, or when I did my training, there were 10 teachers. And so now there's thousands. That's fantastic. It's, it's amazing to hear that this, this world of energy and, and having alternative ways of healing have become so popular um, over the last 30 years, but I'm sure there was tons of stigma and and questioning around what Reiki was and what holistic wellness was. And I'm curious, you know, how how did you navigate that early on in your career and now living in this world where it's it's just so needed? Like everyone's pretty aware, or maybe I shouldn't say everyone, but many, a lot more people are aware of the need for this kind of healing and wanting to, you know, dive deeper, you know? So what does that transition look like from stigma to like celebration, really? Yeah. And so certainly 35 years ago, really, people just thought I was crazy or they just kind of laughed it off. And and there wasn't even a lot of openness 
um, at that time for people to want to get a treatment. I was really fortunate. Um, at the time that I learned Reiki, I was working in a recording studio and there happened to be about three or four people who worked there who were sannyasins. So they'd been to India, they had, um, they had been spending time with Rajanish Bhagwan, who's now goes by Osho or, or his name now has changed to Osho. And because he used to do energy darshan with them, they were totally open. So I had this ability to really approach doing this in a way that was accepted. So, um, so I had that. The other thing too that helped was that I got introduced to Shiatsu at the same time. So Shiatsu is a Japanese healing technique that works with the energy body. So it has the same approach to the energy body as acupuncture, um, but it's without needles. And um, I studied with Tetsuro Saito who introduced Shiatsu to Canada. So I was able to kind of integrate Reiki with my Shiatsu um, treatments. And that was a lot more, um, that people responded or were more open to Shiatsu than Reiki, um, I guess because of the connection with acupuncture with it. So what I will say is, you know, um, yes, I was called a witch. I had people just kind of write everything off. And I smile now, 35 years later, every time somebody comes to see me and says, I'm here because I feel like my energy is blocked. I, and I just smile because I'm like, 35 years ago, that never, nobody would have kind of told me that. So it's such a reflection of the shift into spirituality. And what I mean by that is that we, we know that we're moving into this very important time on the planet. And we can do that by understanding who we are as energy beings on a spiritual level. So I, I think it's, it is um, amazing that this is happening. And that's one of the things that I see. Also the interest in meditation and yoga, their energy-based um, techniques and practices. Okay, I'm, I've never heard this story from you either. So it's really awesome to finally hear like how this all started. Because I feel like, um, I mean, just a quick background. Sherry's actually my auntie Sherry. And, you know, I, being watching you as a young girl and growing up and learning more about what you were doing and the and also feeling your energy and then also having you perform Reiki on me in a time of need with a health crisis. You know, it, it sounds like also, you know, I'm going to assume that one of the underlying things here is also that, you know, humanity is stopped. They're, they're starting to, or let me say that again. Humanity is not trusting in, um, you know, drugs anymore. And, you know, pharmaceuticals, I li I'd like to say drugs because pharmaceuticals, I think is, that's exactly how we need to describe it. It's something that our yeah. bodies are not supposed to be taking is what I believe in. Um, I believe, especially living in India and being surrounded by Ayurvedic remedies and all of these incredible Oh my gosh, like literally my neighbor gives me like a certain kind of cumin seed when I'm constipated, like the, like the craziest things, right? And to think like, how did we believe in Western medicine for so long? So, you know, as someone who was obviously coming through the healthcare system and being like, I need, I need something else. I don't know what it is, but I need something because this is not, this is not taking away the pain or this is not. Uh, this is not making me feel like things are going to get better, honestly. And, you know, and it's obviously that that was caused from an energy block. So with 
you know, with more clients coming in, you know, what are kind of the common trends that you're seeing around, um, you know, mental health needs, physical health needs, that they are kind of hitting a, a roadblock and need to find some kind of alternative, um, some kind of alternative approach to healing. Um, and I'm curious, you know, when they do come to you, are they nervous about it? Are they anxious? Are they educated? Are they aware? Are they, you know, did they previously have stigma and have kind of changed throughout this process um, and, and kind of realizing that they can't fully just trust, trust Western medicine and, and their doctor for everything? I'm just curious to what that, that looks like. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things I realized very early on in, in my life, and I, and I have to say, I think I had this realization even prior to learning Reiki, because when I was... Um, in my, my time got diagnosed with cancer. And so I spent a lot of time with him after treatments and the treatments were dreadful then. I think they're still dreadful, but maybe less so. Um, and I really had this realization that the only thing that our bodies know how to absorb are natural things. So once we start to introduce foreign substances, such as pharmaceuticals into our body, um, yes, and, and I'm not I'm not saying that there's not a, a time and place for them, by the way. I'll talk a little bit more about that. But they shouldn't be used long term because our body doesn't know how to absorb it. So we have to be careful with that. The other thing I'd like to say about what I call Western medicine is what they're great at is diagnosing when there's something physically wrong. And so I always, um, you know, encourage my clients, if I'm working with, with a woman and there is a a lot of energy going into her heart chakra or breast area. I really say, have you had, have you gone for a mammogram or like, let, let's use Western medicine for what it's great at and then decide what your course of action is. Um, you know, the other, definitely the theme I see in my practice in the last few years are particularly women. I, I have some men who come, but particularly women who come because they're dealing with anxiety and depression. We have record numbers of people dealing with this and they are not um, getting the help they need through pharmaceuticals. And so what happens is there is a time and place for this. So if someone is dealing with severe anxiety and depression and they're suicidal, what medication can do is help even them out but they don't go to what the source of the problem is. And historically, a lot of the medication that's being prescribed today for anxiety and depression was created as a stop measure to be used for two weeks to help someone in crisis. And instead we have people on it for years and years. And that medication is also creating energy blocks. And so, so it's not working. And I feel like the people who to me are because they know it's not working I'm looking for the cause and how can I be happy when I feel so incredibly sad so uh, this is um, something that I've seen over and over is I'll have people come and see me and when I start the Reiki treatment I start by placing my hands on their eyes and that literally is where I get to plug in to the chakras and feel what's going on and they're so what happens is there's usually a large energy block in the heart chakra or in the area between the heart chakra and throat chakra. 
And when I say a large energy block, what happens is I can't breathe. So it tells me so that I energetically that it can't, the energy can't flow through that area. And so um, at the end of the session, I share everything with the client and we talk about the area where, where the energy is blocked. And that is, and what they tell me is that they've been to the hospital, they've been to the emergency room, they've been to their doctors complaining of, they feel like there's something physically wrong with them because they have a sense that there's something in their physical body. So they think it could be cancer, it could be a tumor, there's something. And they get the tests done and nothing shows. And that's because our system doesn't know how to diagnose an energy block right and so that it's always you know i can't tell you how many times i work with someone and i'll spend so much time allowing healing energy into that particular area and they'll say to me i i i can i've always had a sense something's going on there and what's happening is they're starting to feel their energy body so what i'm hearing there is that Western medicine is obviously good for a few things. I'm going to be a wiener about it, but you know, it's, it's there, it has its purposes. It, it, it does the job when it comes to physical, our actual physical health. But what I'm hearing is that when it comes to a deeper level, even when it comes to mental health and where, you know, we might be feeling pains and aches and throbs, but that aren't showing up on CT scans and, and ultrasounds, there's a huge possibility that that is an energy block and needs to have some kind of, needs to have a healer come in and act who understands where, where to find it in the body or how to find it in the body, where it is in the body, and then how to help them move through it so that they can get, they can basically come to the other side of whether it's anxiety or depression, or I'm sure there's another example like me where I felt that after working with you for just one session, the impacts that it made also on my mental health and being more positive about what's going to happen next for my physical health. And I think that was also a huge transformation for someone who had just done one session for the first time in their life. Um, and also you influencing me to think more about what other options are available for navigating health needs, whether mental or physical, uh, so that I can basically thrive and not have to deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's really, really beautiful. Does that sound about right in terms of where where we're at for where medicine yeah. medicine helps and where healing helps energy healing. Awesome. Yeah. I want to talk jazz. Um, I want to talk more about what an energy block is and particularly related to anxiety and depression because yes. it's epidemic all over the world with, with people struggling with this. So first of all, energy blocks are completely normal. They are the energy body's response to feeling deep pain. And so when I, when I talk about, you know, I, I literally can feel where the energy is with somebody's energy system, what I'm feeling is the pain. So we talk about this as being memory stones, right? So that, are, that have landed, that have created the energy block. And so I, and this is, you know, happens all the time. I'll, I'll say, I feel incredibly, I feel this deep pain of sadness or hurt or grief or anger or fear. And, and when I start explaining what I'm feeling when I'm working with, with somebody, um, the connections start to come. And so what happens is we're holding too much pain within 
our energy body and we haven't learned how to dissolve the pain um, and what we can do. And yes, there's times where you need to go and see an energy healer who can bring healing energy in to the energy body to help dissolve it, to get your chakras to open and breathe. You know, in doing this kind of spiritual healing, what we're doing is healing the heart so that we can then start to bring our heart to our mind. You know, one of my frustrations with the approach to mental health right now um, is that we're trying to talk ourselves into feeling better. And I, I believe we have to come about it the other way. We actually have to start to feel better. And how we do that is by starting to really bring healing energy to those parts of us that have been wounded, that are holding on, um, unconsciously, by the way, holding on to pain. Because, because on a soul level, we go through something that's extremely painful. It has to land somewhere, right? And so... I'm a huge advocate for meditation um, and mindfulness. I think it's a great way to become present, but I feel like what needs to also be there is the ability to bring healing energy into those parts of ourselves. Absolutely. So what I'm hearing is an energy block is literally like a soul wound, like a pain from, it could be like trauma or grief that's basically blocked in our bodies. And we haven't learned, we haven't, we haven't, you know, dove into it. We haven't learned to get past it. Maybe it's something that we've forgotten and we've kind of pushed to the back and then it's sitting there blocking alignment. Is that what it, is that kind of where, where, where it's at? Yes. And remember our, our, our chakras are our feeling centers. There are energy centers, but they are, they are feeling centers. And, um, and where I, like, I believe that most energy blocks are formed through, through emotions that we've experienced. And the exception to that, by the way, could be, you know, if somebody has, um, uh, you know, breaks their, breaks their arm or has surgery and it starts to impact the flow of how the energy moves through the meridian lines, you could have an imbalance there, but an actual energy block tends to be in, in the chakras. I, I can share an example with you if you like. I worked with, um, with, a, with a man, um, I think I saw him probably, I don't know, maybe five or six times. And um, he'd been going through, through a divorce. He'd been married for years um, and they had, I believe, two children. And um, but they both came to the, both him and his, and his uh, wife at the time, both realized that this was the best decision. So every time he came to see me, I could feel this deep pain. Like my, I would have tears in my eyes every time I worked with, with him. And I'd ask him, you know, what, like, you know, how are you feeling? And, and he was, you know, very honest, like work's really busy, but I'm very happy with the decision. We're getting along as best as we can. And so you know, by the third or fourth session, I keep feeling this pain. So I happened, I guess, on the fifth session to say to him, um, what was your life like as a child? Like, and he said, oh, you know, it was great. Both my parents were involved, you know, my family, you know, there was no breakup. We, both parents were involved. Everything, you know, was great. I was really blessed and fortunate. And I go, well, what was it like outside of the home? And he stomps and looks at me and, and I could tell the courage it took for him to say this. He said, I was bullied from kindergarten to the end of my high school. And I left that country where he, where he was from and moved to Canada. And I was like, okay, so now we know 
that this pain that he had experienced his entire childhood practically um, was what was there. And so we were able now to start to go deeper and bring light to where this was and start to let go of the emotional memory that had to get buried. That, by the way, is classic for most of us. Yeah, that actually, uh, wow, that connects so well. We literally just released an episode uh, well, today. I mean, it's it's January 7th. So this, well, this will come out in a few weeks. Um, but <laughs> we released an episode on, on healing your inner child uh, because we, <laughs> We, we just disconnect, we become so far from where we were as children and understanding, because I mean, who can navigate, navigate trauma and grief and abandonment and feeling unloved when they're eight years old? So of course you would push it to the back of your, of your heart, really the back of your heart and let it sit there. And then years and years later, like sometimes it can come up in your relationship. Sometimes it comes up in your communication. Sometimes it just doesn't come up until one day it does. And then it's, it, it's like, I'm sure it was probably like a wave of relief for him to finally be able to admit that out loud and work through that pain. What? Yeah, that's and. and and bring healing light, healing energy to that part that has so so it that had solidified. So essentially an energy block are memory stones, but it's it's solidifying your light, right? And so so my goal in working with people is let's dissolve the pain so we can bring more of your essence into the world. The world needs everybody to bring their light forward especially right now and so we need to be able to 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 do this and I also feel like um you know the other the other part of of this is that he now um is able to breathe and and energetically feel feel different because that's that's been there right his his entire life yeah, that's beautiful. It's it's so amazing also to hear that like a grown man could really come forward and admit that because I mean, we all have pride, we all have ego and to actually dive that deep, especially after marriage and kids and still be able to be like, you know what, I'm I'm ready to let this go is so powerful. So I think that's a big message actually for our listeners, like regardless of what age you are, like we are all dealing with soul wounds that Either, you know, we picked at and maybe left alone, maybe we've just completely abandoned them and maybe we're still working through them and are not sure what that next, that next step is. And I, I feel like sitting here that healing work, energy work is, is exactly the route that you'd want to go so that you could feel more aligned in aligned with where you want to be and feel more joy because who wants to hold on to that trauma and pain their whole life? It's heartbreaking. And I think and I think, Jess, what happens is when we say people walk in and, and, and a lot of times people have no idea why all of a sudden they're so depressed. Well, it's almost like they're, this is what they're sitting with. And I'll work with people and all, and, and uh, honestly, I am amazed what we are capable of, of doing given the pain some people hold because of what they've been through. Um, the other thing too for me is that when we go through things in, in this life, which are inevitable that we go through that are painful at times, it can trigger earlier memories of pain, but also past life, right? And so we have an opportunity here on this dimension in this life 
to heal not only this life, but past life issues that have happened in this dimension. So when we talk about soul healing, for me, I'm respecting the fact that it's, it's very deep. The other thing too, that I think people need to, that I, I try and, and share with my clients and when I teach is that healing energy is part of the universal life force energy. Everyone has access to it, right? So it's not exclusive to people who do healing work. Everyone has access. The difference is if you do your Reiki training, for example, um, what I'm doing when I teach people Reiki is I'm actually aligning, I'm opening their chakras to connect with healing energy. So it's easier in some respects, but I totally understand and respect the fact that there are indigenous healers all over this world who do amazing energy work, but we all access the same healing light and everybody can access it. It's really starting to understand kind of your energy body and what healing light is. And I, I'm creating guided meditations to help people do that. I have one on my YouTube um, channel, by the way, which is called the Chakra Connection. So if anyone's interested in just doing a short meditation to help you start to feel your seven energy centers, it's a great way because it's about developing the sensitivity to the energy body. That's really beautiful. I'm, I'm so curious, you know, if, what, what do you believe makes somebody a healer? You know, I recently heard a quote that like you uh, become a healer once you heal yourself, which I thought was really beautiful. And I, I'm curious, you know, where, where do you kind of not stand on that, but I, I'm just curious in terms of like having um, facilitated Reiki and, and helping others learn, learn to master this incredible, uh, this incredible craft really. Um, you know, wh what do you think makes someone a good healer? Like, where are they at in their life? And how, how do they, you know, I'm just so curious, how, how do they, how are they able to open up their own energies to receive so much of someone else's, especially when it can be so dark? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the, so the, what I would say is, I think any healer who's, who's really good, um, continuously is on a path of healing themselves. Because I need for me to bring in that high vibration of of healing energy, I need to be as clear as possible. So that means in my life, having done this for so many years, if I'm going through anything where I feel like there's pain that's come up for me that I need to process, I tend to not work with people at that time. So I really allow the healing process and the clearing of my energy um, before I start seeing people. So that that's number one um, for me. It's like, it, you know, is is that person kind of walking their talk? And I think in terms of, of um, you know, who, so first everyone has healing, has access to healing energy. But in terms of if you want to start working with people, it really is your calling. Right. Like, I really feel like like, you know, whether that's part of 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 um, of what you want to do. And when I teach Reiki, so Reiki is taught in three levels. When I teach level one, which, by the way, I think is 90 percent of all Reiki, um, I really encourage people first to start working with themselves and their loved ones. Right. So really start kind of getting getting more familiar with the energy and, and you'll know whether you're being called to work with others. 
That's beautiful. So is that what happened for you then? Just after working yes. with your amazing community, just being able to blossom and, and heal others. Yes. And, and to, and, and I'm still 35 years later in awe and fascinated at what happens on in each healing session that I do. I'm, I'm still um, just amazed. And I feel as much as I've learned, there's so much more um, to learn and, and understand, but you know, Reiki has come a long way. If I look at, you know, how, what people thought 35 years ago, and now I actually um, work for the city of Toronto doing Reiki at end of life. And so they hired, and one of the modalities they asked for was Reiki. So we, it's really come a long way. So I have my private practice, but um, pre-COVID, so I'm not there right now because of COVID, but um, pre, pre-COVID, that's what I was doing. And Reiki is also amazing at end of life as well. It really helps, um, helps people who are maybe um, dealing with physical pain. And yes, we're monitoring pain through, through drugs. And that is a really great use of medication, by the way, at, at end of life. But there is that spiritual part that brings comfort um, by by uh, doing Reiki at that stage. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I've I've actually been hearing a lot recently of, of different healers that do specifically end of life work. So I'm curious, what is is there a different kind of approach that you take, or uh, just curious to what that might look like in comparison to uh, just coming in for a regular like one on one therapy session? Yeah, yeah, for sure it's different because. Um, so end of life for for me uh, where I was working in a long-term care home generally um, is I mean I could be asked to to see this person with with an uh, with you know where they think end of life is six months but generally it's in the last days or the last weeks and so the at that point the person is um, not awake all the time and what I say is there's actually starting to communicate with spirit world I cannot tell you how many people I've worked with um, who who at, at that stage who will say to me that and and you know so I'm working with somebody who's 85 or 90 years old and they say to me my mom was here yesterday right and so th- these things are really really common and so my approach in doing reiki with them is to bring them that peace and that comfort um and and to help it, it helps with the physical pain too so often if somebody's moving around a lot because their, their physical body is shutting down um it helps them kind of relax and and sleep but it's again um, it's being there with that person and bringing that um, that energy uh, of care to that person and helping them as they transition. I like to say, you know, when a child is born, there's a labor that the woman goes through. And when we exit, there's a labor into light as well. And so so those of us who do end of life work are there to, to do that, right, to, to help with that transition. Oh, you gave me chills. That's so beautiful. And also it it's it makes me think like, why have we always just been so like, yeah, this is how a funeral goes. This is the process. Like, you know, drop the coffin in the ground. There's so much more work that needs to be done, not just for the individual who's passing over, but also for the family. I feel like it, it's, you know, that's also a lot of 
grief to go through and to think that it's just something that you can just continue to live your life a normal way. And that person's just gone. I feel like is like, that's a hard pill to swallow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it to be that way. I'd want for both sides to be like spiritually fostered into that next transition and ready to kind of connect deeper. Um, so that's, that's beautiful. And I'm, I'm so glad that I'm learning more about all these. Like, I feel like I'm super late in my journey, uh, because I've been so busy working with like kids and, you know, environmental justice and, and, you know, the arts. And now I'm finally in this stage where I feel like as I'm thinking more, I mean, to be honest, as I'm thinking more about like, okay, I want to become a mom soon. I feel like I need, this is all, I want to learn as much as I can to understand you know, where I'm at to understand the work that needs to be done so that I'm not throwing that back at, at my child or other people or, you know, don't want it to continue manifesting. Um, so yeah, anyways, just a quick thought. Cause I, I'm just, yeah, it's I'm very emotional when I, when, when talking about energy work, seriously, more than I ever thought. Yeah. yeah it's so important. And really, you know, it, it, our goal is to be happy, you know, and, and it makes the things that the, the kind of trials that we go through in life, easier when we have the ability um, to, to be happy and when we have the ability to to kind of you know foster that deeper relationship with our with ourselves. Um, and I feel like what energy work does is it it connects us to that oneness that exists that we're all that we're all connected to, right? And um, and you know I, I also think what's being offered traditionally for anxiety and depression, for example, isn't, isn't working. And our health is determined by how our energy flows. And so anyone who's dealing with something physical, typically there's been an imbalance or an energy block. And so let's go to the, let's go to the core, let's go to, to the source. And, um, and, you know, and, and one of the things I say, because I started to meditate as, as a teenager, which, by the way, I say is my saving grace in life, was being introduced to, to meditation at, at a young age. Um, the, I believe the most important relationship we have is a relationship with ourself. And that comes through being able to sit and reflect and connect, to actually start to feel your light. And that's where kind of energy... Um, healing Reiki helps. I have so many people who after their first session are just saying to me, they had no idea that they were going to feel energy. They had no idea what to expect most of the time. Um, and then they're amazed and it just opens up this whole other world for them. That is so important. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, if you, you probably would go in with no expectations. I didn't went in with no expectations and came out feeling, I feel like I could do a whole episode on my reflection because it's just something that's care I've carried with me. Um, and I, so I can imagine how intense and, and transformative it can be just after one session. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, kind of winding us down and, and talking a little bit about, you know, we're, we're living in this chaotic time where, healing and connection and alignment is needed more than ever and so many amazing humans in our community are um, people of color who are facing um, honestly facing bullshit and living in systems of oppression that we're constantly having to break down so you know what can just an individual listening today do 
that's you know accessible or some kind of individual method uh, for them to move forward in in healing those energy blocks and in, in helping align their chakras. What what can they do at home that would be useful? Or you know maybe there's you know I know you have digital courses now online. You know where can they access different opportunities, different resources to help them heal internally? Yeah. So so I think the most important thing, again, I'm going to come back to you, is the relationship with self. So it needs to be based on love, on self-empathy, self-compassion. It is by cultivating those things within ourselves that we can extend those to others. Um, and it's also where from our core, we identify with who we truly are and not by a racist system that's trying to tell people what they're worth. Because it's and this is a system, thankfully, that is being destroyed right now. So I feel like, again, it, it has to come from the core. Um, meditation is key. I hear this all the time and I struggle with meditation years and years later. There's days where I find it really difficult to sit with myself. And yet that is the entryway into our soul and into our light. And so I, that's a that's a great um, that's ultimately the most important thing for me that I would recommend. Um, and then there's tools we can use. So crystals, for instance, are helpful because crystals um, possess energy, healing energy. And that's why they're so popular right now and why they're so effective. So to, you know, to kind of sit in meditation or lie in meditation and place a crystal on your heart chakra is going to help to, to do that. But it has to be always based on a path of, of self, self-love. Inhale the goodness, exhale the bullshit. Thank you for listening, and thank you for doing the work with us. If you're still feeling a little heavy after listening to today's episode, join us on the Conscious Badasses Facebook group. That is your safe, inclusive healing space to connect with the community that gets it. Together, we dive deeper into each topic with reflection questions. There's additional resources there available for you. And overall, it's just an incredible space for you to let it all out, especially if you feel like you don't have the right community during this time. To access the group, just hit us up at facebook.com slash groups slash conscious badasses. And of course, you can always find the link right in the show notes. Now, don't forget to breathe, eat your veggies, and if it feels just a little too heavy, Take an intentional pause. What can you do to feel a little lighter, a little brighter? You got this.